Welcome to Panther Paris, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Paris. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And joining us today, Marlins PA announcer and play-by-play broadcaster, Josh Appel. Josh, how are you doing tonight? Well, I mean, could have, oh wow, Carolina just won as uh, as we were starting recording this. Sorry, I got distracted. I had it on my TV. Uh, I'm doing great. Marlins walked off tonight, and obviously the Panthers with a performance tonight that I was not certain they were capable of. No, as a Cubs fan, I'm a little mad about the Marlins thing, but that's that's a podcast for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to seven, baby. We're going to seven. Yeah. Matthew Kachuk said, remember the room, and they're going back to the room. I mean... Oh, there's a Hamilton joke to be made there. Oh, they're going to be in the room where it happens? Thank you. <laughs> but holy shit, was that not the most entertaining third period of a playoff game we've had in like a long... I'm talking across the NHL in the last 10 years. That was some wild shit. It reminded me somewhat of the Tampa series from a couple of years ago. That was, they had a third period. I think it was game two where Tippett scored like early in the third. And then they had a couple of bad penalties late in that game. I can forget if that was game one or game two, but it had some vibes of that, but that was the, that was that this tonight was that game on steroids. Yeah. And like, I, I wasn't sure that you could really top game five in this building last year. Cause game five against the Capitals in round one was like, besides the Marcel Gotch tying goal in game seven. Like for me, that was like, <laughs> all-time Panthers moment but for me like tonight like I don't know how you get better than tonight yeah tonight was sick my wife was there because I had we had a Marlins game so my wife got <laughs> yeah, to experience that in person <laughs> you were like well the Marlins walked off so it's not that bad that I missed the Panthers game oh wait it's seven to five and we won <laughs> right thankfully uh technology is a thing and I was able to watch <laughs> don't tell my bosses this even though he was sitting next to me it was watching the game on my iPad during the Marlins game didn't miss an announcement and then uh, had it listening on the way home. So I was I was locked in. I got home just in time for the empty netter. I mean, awesome. just what an amazing game. Like, so many guys came in. Zach fucking Dalby. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's yeah. so many heroes that we have to talk about. Goldie with an all-time call on the Dalby goal. Like, he has some... Like, I remember the Scotty Upshaw goal call from that Devil series. Scotty Upshaw, who loves you, baby. Uh, Ryan Lomberg, you gotta be kidding me. And then Zach Dalpy, get up here and let me give you a hug. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just phenomenal um, stuff by Goldie. I was jumping up and down so much because I was so shocked by the goal. I didn't even hear the goal call. Like, I'm, I, like I was just screaming in my head <laughs> quietly because my kid's asleep. And I was just like, holy fuck. Like, it's like, I thought after that, I thought after they, you know, they pulled ahead, I was like, all right, this is it, it's over. And then Dalpy tied it. And then you came up the shorthanded goal, oh. tie it again seconds later. Um, I know we've already mentioned Kachuk, but Matthew fucking Kachuk. He's him. Uh, He's him. Like, this he- was this was Matthew Kachuk's Mark Messier moment. I hate to to call it that in a round one series rather than a Stanley Cup final. But I mean, Alex, you mentioned it a few minutes ago. The whole remember this room will be back here for game seven. This man did everything in his power to keep that promise tonight. Jake, the Mark Messier moment was not in the finals either. That was in the semis. That was in the conference finals. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I never knew that or if I forgot that. Well, it, it, I may okay have assumed have it was a Mark Stanley Messier Cup moment. moment but... <laughs> it's okay to have a Mark Messier moment outside of the Stanley Cup final. Uh, by the way, while I'm talking, I know I, I think I made a joke on the air. Maybe it was off the air. But uh, remember what happened in the NBA when the best team in regular season history went up three to one in a playoff series? You remember what happened in that series? I don't watch enough basketball to answer this question. Alex, it turned into a happened. meme. It turned into a meme. You definitely <laughs> yeah. saw it. LeBron. LeBron, LeBron went LeBron. Cavs in seven. It was so. What? Kachuk is LeBron, is what we're saying. Yes, close enough. Sure. No, um, Kachuk is Jimmy Butler. Yes. We've been over ah. this. Yeah. I mean, wh- how about South Florida getting two all-time playoff performances on two yeah. of their teams at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Unbelievable. Yeah, and this was pretty much the same as Game 4 in uh, the heat Buck series. They were behind late, and then all of a sudden, Kachuk puts the team on his fucking back. 
And then like the E2 goal is sort of like the Caleb Martin three over Giannis. I, I was going to compare. <laughs> I, I was going to compare the Dolpy goal or the E2 the goal as the, the wide open Cody Zeller dunk. From, from, the, from the other night. Oh, that <laughs> like, was amazing. That was an that was awesome amazing. moment. How do you leave the bald guy open? Exactly. I, no, I but need... like the really, like the church shoes bald guy. <laughs> like, fun fact, fun fact so about Cody Zeller. Uh, fun fact about Cody Zeller. At Indiana, his nickname was the Big Handsome. Mm. Take that for what it's worth. Yeah, I just needed the puck to fall to like I don't know Trent Frederick's stick with five seconds left and it being a one goal deficit, and he just like doesn't take a shot, and the game ends as the alleg or not the allegory, but the comparable to the um, what's the Duke guy that didn't take the shot in the last minute of Game Five? Christian Leitner. No, Grayson Allen. Grayson, Grayson Allen. Allen. Fuck Grayson Chris, Allen. Christian Christian Leitner, a, a like a year or two off. <laughs> just a year or two off with that one. Well, Isn't I he mean, like hateable Duke white guy. At this like, point? yeah, <laughs> yes. No, it was Sorry. JJ I Redick. Know, I don't know how old Josh is, so I can't. I can't keep my guess too low. But twenty-eight. You know, I'm. I'm still. You know. Uh, okay, I, that's what I thought. Don't, don't yeah, let the bald and beard fool you. Point, I'm always the old guy on the podcast. <laughs> oh, jeez. But yeah, uh, Josh, are you a uh, a Shorzy fan? So it's interesting you asked that because I tried giving that show a chance. I'm, I'm a big, I watch it like a ton of TV and I watched like the first couple episodes and just didn't hit for me. Now I will say, I will say this has happened before to me on other shows and I've <laughs> gone back and restarted them and I've gotten into it. So I'm not giving up on Shorzy yet, but it's to the back of the line for now. Well, Give it a try again, but here's the point I'm trying to make. There's two types of hockey players in the world. Those who like to win and those who hate to lose. Matthew Kachuk hates to fucking lose. And that's the guy you want on your team. The ones who hate to fucking lose. And that's Matthew Kachuk. Like, I'm sorry. I know I keep going back to him, but I'm just in awe of that performance tonight. (laughs) It was a great performance. It was so good. And he was so good in the defensive zone at the end of the game, too. Yes. He had that amazing back check. It wasn't just scoring the goal, like it was or the two goals. It was defensively at the end. Yeah, I mean, wow. He had a massive pair, not even a huge one, a massive pair. A contusion oh. of the testicular variety. <laughs> yeah. Um, what an all-timer quote by Paul Maurice. He stole yeah. it from somewhere, but I don't remember yeah, he where says, he said whatever. It. Yeah. Can, can, can uh, look? I I don't know if you guys have ever heard me go on with Hawk and Crowder, but they call me the biggest Panthers apologist in South Florida. And a lot of that is because I've defended Paul Maurice quite a bit this year. And I I, I know it wasn't a popular hire. And I think that obviously plays into why people feel they the way they do. Like, I feel like anything he could have said about anything over the course of the season, it didn't matter. It was going to have a negative reaction either way. <laughs> obviously, there are he has his shortcomings and some of the criticism falls at his feet. He's the head coach. It is what it is. But, like, the things that were happening to this team in the first half of the season were legitimate, like, things that are out of his control yeah. and can legitimately affect the team and, and their results. And, like, all these games they would lose, you know, the terrible losses, and you guys have talked about it ad nauseum on the podcast, but, like, I didn't see a team that was playing poorly, not per se. Like, they had flashes necessary, uh, that weren't great. But, like, on the whole, I still felt like this team was talented enough to to make a run. But there were, there were obviously times of doubt, but, like, I, I remember the there was a, a graphic shown, I think, before that uh, home Toronto game, the second Toronto game, second to last game of the season. And I didn't realize it, but, like, the Panthers were, like, right there with Toronto record-wise since the beginning of the year. Like, it was a completely different team the second half of the season. Um, like, beginning of I, calendar I actually, 2023 is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's it literally split the season in half and they're two completely different teams. Bob's a completely different goalie. And so I'm not going to say that I'm like, I am shocked that they were able to like push this to seven after going down three, one, but like there were always flashes that this team was capable of putting together something. It just felt like every time they were going for that third win in a row or that fourth win in a row, ah, someone's getting sick or up Bennett gets hurt in Detroit. Like just, there was always, or they're playing a back to back. It just, there was always something that popped up. And I know it sounds like excuses, but 
And I am, I am an eternal optimist, I feel like. And I'm a, a big-time apologist, and I'll <laughs> admit that. But, like, this team is really talented. And, you know, there was obviously a lot of pause when the hire was made. Like, all right, like, is this team going to be the offensive juggernaut that they were last year? And they were just kind of a different version. I mean, they were a top-five team in the league in scoring. And, you know, the fact that they're putting up this kind of production against Olmark, who just flat-out doesn't do this. And it wasn't just a one-off. It, it's multiple games where they've put up big offensive numbers against this team. Like, I, I I honestly don't really have a lot of words to describe, like, how they've been able to come back in this. Like, Boston doesn't go through stretches like this. They just no. don't. No. Yeah. Have they, have, has Boston lost three in a row at all this season? I don't believe so. They well, only yeah, lost two in a row twice a, this year. Let me, let me do a, a fact check on that, but well, go ahead. Well, well, while you're looking... Boston had the biggest XG uh, expected XG differential in the regular season. The Panthers have actually have a 0.01 XG advantage in this series. So essentially a draw because 0.01 is nothing. But the fact that the Panthers have been able to play the best regular season team in history to an XG draw says a lot. And yeah, and that that's why this series is going seven. No, I was saying that's with the the awful performance in game five where they just got absolutely caved in and Bob stole it. It's my biggest concern, and I think obviously the obvious biggest difference from last season's team to this season's team is just the depth. The depth is just not even close to what it was right this year compared to last year. And I thought that you know maybe our, our top six could match up with their top six, but their bottom six, like Taylor Hall plays on their third line. That was like us having Reinhardt and Marchment and Lundell as a great third line last year. The fact that our depth guys showed up in a game like tonight, but that they've been able to over like the fact that like they didn't miss a beat when Krejci and Bergeron were out of the lineup in the first place just speaks to how right. deep that team is. And I mean, I just I come away just super impressed with the performance, really all series aside from the penalty kill. Although before tonight, they've given up some bad luck goals on the power play. A lot of them I felt like were like in the final like 15, 10 seconds of power plays, bad bounces and things like that. Tonight was terrible. But the fact that they were able to overcome that for a couple of power plays on their own tonight. I mean, I think we can put to bed the, oh, they changed coaches to fix the power play in the playoffs and they still can't score. <laughs> I think we can put that narrative to bed now, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, fact check on the three consecutive losses. I could not find any. Interestingly enough, though, they had a two-game losing streak and the games were against Detroit and Chicago. So, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. This is also a team that lost to Arizona and I guess Seattle is good, you know, so, but they lost to Seattle twice, I think. The Panthers did that last year. They had the two losses to Seattle that really you couldn't explain. Like they had a couple of those too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, regular season record for points and wins. So, you know, you can't really look too much at those particular losses but yeah, now they're on the brink and i mean look i if i'm looking at how they played in this game like they still i thought played pretty well like i don't i mean there were some diabolical turnovers like the for the second panthers goal the nick cousins and matthew kachuk two on one that turnover was diabolical but overall like their their offense was you know they were humming all game long I thought the Panthers, like the first period of this game was their best period of the series, in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. Because they they got more goals in the third period of game two, but like two of them were Montour shots from the point. And Mm -hmm. they were, they were just all over the the Bruins. They got two goals. They definitely deserved. And uh, it's just really hard to, at any point, have a multi-goal lead on the Bruins. And I think that when that, empty netter by Reinhardt went in that was the first time in the series or I I guess not because of game two but that's the first time in the series since game two that they've had a multi-goal lead I had yeah I had somebody uh in one of my group texts compare Bennett missing the empty net to like he goes I thought that was almost a tripped moment because they had that me too they had that scramble right out in front right before Reinhardt banked it in I mean, because like think of all the Panther teams we've watched. Like that's they always give that up right after that. They yep. always do. And I don't know this. The last couple of years, it's just something in the water. Maybe 
I, I had a similar thing in one of my one of my group chats after Bennett missed that empty net. I literally said, if the Bruins somehow get this done, I am going to have words about Sam Bennett on the podcast tonight. <laughs> and he's been so good in this series, too. Like, he would hate for that to happen to him. Because uh, they're not, at this point, even close without him coming back. No, Sam Bennett's been a difference maker. Um, one other thing while we're on this whole situation, uh, David Krejci, that was a very convenient losing of an edge. That was a veteran oh, move right I, there. I had the same thought. That was a veteran thought. move right there. He drew, he skated right towards the net, like, <sighs> and then all of a sudden, oh, I'm out. Like, because <sighs> the puck was already gone. Like, he wasn't trying to stop a pass. Like, that was a very, very veteran savvy play right there. Because just like Goldie you said, the so? Pan- absolutely. The Panthers had the puck in the offensive zone with the net empty. You want a whistle under any circumstances there, especially when you've got Patrice Bergeron who wins almost every single faceoff. Like it worked out for the Panthers because they had possession for a while, but that was a very heady play. I think the Trocek is tripped karma might might have reversed it in this game as well because game tying goal. Now I'm not making a judgment no. one way or the other because I have not seen the replay, but no. the TNT crew, no. right, whatever. But – you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe there's a reversal there. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Fuck Alex, no. Alex never wants to say that a, a bad call went to the Panthers' favor, as everybody knows. Uh, the Orlov, Wh- no. The, or, the, Which one? Orlov uh, went down right before the uh, Lusterine goal. Yeah. Mm. I um, haven't seen the replay, so. we The only replay I saw the net was blocking where the stick was. I have very little doubt that a trip occurred on that play. However, considering all the shit that's been let go in the yep. entire series, never mind that Orlov got back up and had full possession of the puck. So, yes, there may have been a trip on that play, but it literally impacted nothing. While the Trocek was trip play literally cost the Panthers a series because it, it prevented a goal and a goal was scored seconds after. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it, it literally, the Trocek, compared the Trocek was trip play to the or, to Orlov going down, it's ludicrous. I'm sorry, TJ. I'm gonna disagree with you. Pence it's not. It's not a. Break. It's not a perfect one for one, but a little bit of karmic justice for that not getting called. And it just goes to show, late in a playoff game, pretty much anything goes. Think back to uh, uh, what's his name, the the defenseman slashing Bennett in the foot, or whoever it McAvoy. was, McAvoy slashing Bennett in the foot. Anything goes, pretty much. So, you know, sometimes that means Trocek was tripped and you you lose the series because of it. Sometimes Dmitry Orlov gets tripped and E2 loose to Ryan and scores the game-winning goal as a result. What was going through your guys' head on the hand pass challenge? Because as soon as I saw the angle, it was like different. Say whatever Paul you will. Paul doesn't miss. The, the video coaches and Paul, like, it doesn't feel like they lose. They, they Maybe they lose the ticky-tack goalie interference ones. But the offsides and the plays like that, I can't remember them take them losing very many of those. That was such a huge swing in the game. It was such yeah. a great catch because that wasn't an obvious one. Like that was an, a, an unbelievable catch, no pun intended, uh, to challenge that. I was a little bit annoyed at all the people saying, like, come on, you're going to reverse the goal for that? Like that's not even a clear pass. Yes. Like, cough, half quarter cough. It is. It is. It wasn't. I don't think it was intentional, but that's also not. The doesn't point. matter. I mean, the goal I, doesn't happen if that pass, quote unquote, right. Even if you want to say it was unintentional, doesn't happen. Like I, I do want to say it's unintentional. I also want to say I don't care that it was unintentional. The puck, the puck went off of a Bruins player's hand onto a different Bruins player's stick. It's a hand pass. It was a good call. And I think it's unlike the Gabe Velarde high stick because I don't actually think that led to the goal. Whereas the Bruins player got clean possession and got away from the Panthers defender because of the hand pass. If the hand pass doesn't happen, that puck is in the corner. The Gabe Velarde thing, if he touches that or if he doesn't touch that, there's really no way of knowing if that is going to lead to the goal happening. But like, I just don't think that had anywhere near the effect that the, the Bergeron hand pass did. Alex? Here's the rule. 79.1. A player shall be permitted to stop or bat a puck in the air with his open hand or push it along the ice with his hand, and the play shall not be stopped unless, in the opinion of the on-ice official, the player has directed the puck to a teammate 
or has allowed his team to gain an advantage and subsequently possession and control of the puck is obtained by a player of the offending team. Do you want to know what word is not in the rule? Intentional. Intent. Thank you, Jacob. It does not... It Go does ahead. not matter that it was an accident. It does not matter that, you know, uh, I think it was DeBrus was trying to pick up his stick. His glove touched the puck and moved it toward Patrice Bergeron. Even if it was only a couple of inches, Patrice Bergeron got clean possession and they gained an advantage. Gained that is a hand pass by 79.1. Shut the fuck up, Bruins fans. I do agree with you with one mild exception. Could you do me a quick favor and read that again? A player shall be permitted to stop or bat a puck in the air with his open hand or push it along the ice with his hand, and the play shall not be stopped unless, in the opinion of the on-ice officials, he has directed the puck to a teammate. Stop. He has directed the puck to a teammate. I can see where that could be interpreted as implied intent, uh, but also, like, no. I I did just want to do a little bit of a lawyer. I I, I wanted Hmm. to lawyer you a little bit. No, I could see how that could be interpreted as uh, the word intentional is implied by the word directed. Alex, can you read the rest of it <laughs> from where you rest. stopped? Um, or or has allowed his team to gain an advantage and subsequently possession and control of the puck is obtained by a player of the offending team, either directly or deflected off any player or official. That's almost exactly what happened. Like, that yeah. is almost exactly what happened. Yeah, totally. So anyone crying about, oh, that wasn't a hand pass because it wasn't intentional. The Bruins gained an advantage because of the puck went off of DeBrusque's hand. Yeah. How, how, would we, how would we be reacting to that if that call went against the Panthers. Like the Panthers were in the same spot. They score a goal after that. Would, would we be sitting here saying, ah, there's a barely yes. a touch. Like I always try and put myself in those shoes. Cause like, I Josh, feel like I would be pretty annoyed. <laughs> I, I would just think it was uncool. tell you, I can confidently tell you that I would be like, well, that sucked, but it was the right call. I can I'd probably be the you guys would be arguing with each other on your own accounts on the Panther Paria account. That'd be what I would tweet bullshit. And then I would respond, that's the rule. And everyone would get confused because not a lot of, apparently not as many people as I thought know that there are three of us on that account. Um, <laughs> and, and that's when I play the, well, I played the game. Fuck you guys. I know. And then I would tweet something like Paul Maurice needs to put in Matt Guzda now. Just yeah. to piss everybody off. You being inflammatory on purpose? Never. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to make sure that in in this little long-form segment about Unsung Heroes that we, we make sure that we mention John Conjemi, uh, the Panthers' mm, assistant video coach. His son. Wow. Yeah, John Conjemi Jr. <laughs> yeah, he's actually wow. a family friend. I knew he was – You, I, knew, I remember when he was the equipment man, like one of like the assistant equipment managers, like literally like the guy who picks up the jerseys after the game, like the lowest of the low – and he's worked himself. I had no idea he was the video guy. That's two guys in the NHL who I know who are video guys. Uh, the one for the Rangers, and and now John Johnny uh, down here. He's a cool kid. Like I've literally known him forever. He used to play with my brother at the house all the time. Like good for him, and a, and a great call today. Like he yeah. absolutely saved the Panthers' ass. And like I know a little bit about how all that works. Like he's not watching the game to watch the game. He is literally looking. His sole focus while watching the game is to find infractions. Like every time the puck crosses the blue line, he's asking himself, is this offside? And if it is, he's already, he's already messaging down through the microphone. Hey, there's an offside here. If there, if, if this goes against, if there's a goal or something like that's all he's doing, he's not like, he's not watching the game and passing and whatnot. He's just looking for infractions. And not only that, but that has to be communicated so quickly downstairs because there's not a lot of time that you have to split second and you got to be sure of it too, because that's a, it's a bad challenge penalty. And the way that this team kills penalties in this series, yeah, that's a huge that's, swing. That's something we need to talk about. <laughs> well, well, that's what I'm saying is like, he's not even waiting for the goal. Like as soon as he sees it, he's like, guys, we got something here. If, if something bad happens in the next few seconds. And then he's already going back and rewinding. Cause he's got to like, it's not like he's watching the NHL feed. Like he's got a dial. He's got different camera angles where he can go and look back and he's already reviewing it, and then he hears, you know, he hears the groan, and he, and he's saying, "Guys, no, we got a challenge. We got a challenge." Like, 
that whole process is going way before the goals ever scored. Yeah. And thank goodness that we have uh, an extremely talented video coach and a head coach who will listen to him because this team's penalty killing has been abysmal. I think I replaced it with looking at Patrice Bergeron's stats, but I believe the even strength goal differential in this game, not just five on five, but even strength as a whole, uh, has been 17 to 13 in the Panthers' favor. When when the, when the teams have the same number of skaters on the ice, it's the Panthers' game. But that's been the story of not just this series, but the entire season. It's right. like, just stay out of the box and this team will be fine. Like, they've been a great five on five team all year. And, you know, there's, you see a lot of, ah, uh, be better discipline. That's a reflection of the coach. Like, to me, like, I, he's not out there saying, like, hey, guys, be careless with your sticks and, like, none of that. Like, it, the players have to be better at not taking these penalties. Now, like, I think the, yeah. the Ekblad hold was a little ticky tack. And I'm still not sure exactly how Montour throwing a hip check was. It just because it was low? Is that why they called it a trip? I that that NHL agenda. That one was <laughs> weird. It's not. It's definitely not a trip. You may have called. Could have. You may have been able to call it interference for it being late. But like right, so many late one, hits have been I ignored call, all yeah. series. Like and even tonight, there was a play where Kachuk got buried. Like three or four seconds after he let go of the puck. And that one was at least like a one Mississippi. It was a little late, but like not that late. I mean, they called tripping. So it's, they didn't really care how late it was. Cause they, they thought it was a trip. I didn't like the hit. I don't know if it's tripping. I don't know if there's another penalty that they, why didn't called. you like that hit? It was pretty it did, it did. It did. And it did feel a little unnecessary. Too. It was like, pretty you low. Just throw a regular hit. End of the boards. I mean, it looked yeah, cool. I mean, he, like, he I mean, turned over and went down onto the ice, wrong side, you know, looking with his feet in the air. If that hit isn't a good hit, then Radko Gudis does not have an NHL career. That's fair. I, I was thinking, I was thinking that that reminded me of some of the hits he's thrown. But like, I'm not saying like it was a bad hit. I'm saying like situationally, like throw a regular check into the boards there and you don't even give the rep a chance to make that call i don't think it was like a yeah dangerous hit i just think it was just like not the time <laughs> i also think the way the rule book is written that's not considered tripping but at the same time like it's i not. understand that that was like a not great hit i'm agreeing with josh essentially yeah i thought it was a textbook hip, hip check i can understand the argument that it was unnecessary uh, I can understand the argument that maybe you call that interference, uh, but as a tripping call, absolutely not. Uh, that uh, I'm with you there. I think both things are true. I think both yeah. well, both of what we're saying is true in this spot. Oof. Wow, I, I, it's like you you think that like the backbreaker is coming, and it felt like that shorthanded goal was like, all right, like they're not gonna get yep. a they're not gonna get a fifth one here. That's, like, that's that's where it. I was almost ready to be like, all right, that's that's the that's the series. The shorthanded goal was was where I was about to call it. But you know what? The Panthers have put up four plus on Olmark in all three of their wins. So once once you're at four goals, anything's possible at this point. Their wins have been six, four, and now seven. Well, six on Olmark and then one on the empty net. So when when the Panthers offense is on, they are beating Olmark. So at, at that point, that that was kind of what calmed me down after the shorty. That I was like, well, they've got his number today. Right. So anything's possible. Like, still 15 minutes left here. And then you can't lose the game that Dalby scores. You just can't lose the Dalby <laughs> That's game. right. Absolutely yeah. not. I, 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 lose the I was game. so sure that that was Carter Verhage when I just saw the <laughs> two on the jersey and that goal. <laughs> I thought I just missed a line change and Carter Verhage was on the ice. This game had some incredible shots. Like... I'm talking the both sides. Goal. The oh pasta goal. Oh my goodness, gorgeous! I, I gotta mention, one. I tweeted about it, but like pasta does not get all of that lift naturally. If you watch the replay, that puck oscillates and goes right on its side perfectly, right as pasta is going between the legs. So it basically goes flat on his blade, and he's able to fling it up, and that's how it gets over Bob. It's one of those plays where, yeah, it was incredible, but like literally everything goes right. For that highlight real goal because that puck's flat there's no way he gets it that high and it was just like wow that shot 
the Bertuzzi shot to tie the game, or maybe it was the go-ahead goal. That shot was insane. The Dalpy shot, the Lusterinen shot. Like, there were so many snipes in this game. Like, holy fuck, what a hockey game we just got to watch. Yeah, Bertuzzi, I think, has been excellent in this series. I do want to point that out. He had oh, a behind-the-back yeah. pass like, to Pasternak. Annoyingly excellent. Yeah, yeah. He's, been, he's been really good. But uh, on the on the Bertuzzi goal, um, let's let's hammer in this nail one more time. Mark Stahl, what are you doing? <laughs> do something. He's yeah. in the neighborhood just being there like he's got a fucking ticket or something. But do anything. Hasn't that been the whole Mark Stahl experience? Yes. Where like he's been kind of he's been kind of like better than maybe we expected, but also he's just kind of like existing on the ice. He has like, not just, been a detriment there. defensively. On the whole, he has not been a detriment defensively. I thought the first four games he was good. Game five, he was bad. Game six, he was really bad. Um I, and it, honestly, it may, it makes the season that Montour's having offensively a little more impressive because he's almost got like an anchor attached to yeah. him, which I guess is better than last year when he had a revolving door of defensive partners. Not that like those guys were incapable, but like it wasn't the same guy every night. It was switching every five, six games. It felt like, uh, but like the idea that Montour has had this offensive season being paired with Mark Stahl is, is, is pretty damn impressive. And he's going to, he'll, he's in line for a nice healthy extension. here. Yeah. And since we're doing negatives, I want to get out of the way. On that shorthanded goal, that was entirely on Barkov. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not going to tr- trash Barkov. He got a goal tonight. He was a lot better tonight than he's any of the five prior games. But that shorthanded goal was 100 on him. Montour was the first <sighs> guy back. He takes the guy at the corner, and Barkov is just kind of floating and leaves the center of the ice wide open. Like Barkov wasn't floating though; he was on Zaka, and he should have right. been. He right, but he shouldn't have been. Okay. He shouldn't yeah. have been. But in that situation, if Barkov's already marking Zaka, then Montour should just cover the front no, of the Montour was that's way how, earlier to Zaka. That's not way how it goes. Way earlier. That's also, not he's how, the defenseman, and he's the first it, one in the zone. That, that That's irrelevant because technically Barkov's a defenseman on that play right now as well. Wasn't that at the end of the – they were out there for the full, like, 90 seconds before that, though, right? Like, does, do you think the, the fatigue factor there had anything to do with kind of just the time – the point in time in the power play when that happened. I think yeah, there probably should have so been long. another Panther back there, and I think that's the reason why there wasn't. It was a two-on-two. Two. And, yeah. and, and and if we're talking about fatigue, the penalty killers are going to be way more tired than the guys on the power play. That's true. That's totally fair. Look, it's it's a, it's an egregious mistake that this can't happen. But thankfully, they, they rebounded from it. And, like, this too, this was also, like, the the classic Bobrovsky game where he's he's going to let in five. But he made some incredible <laughs> saves that they flat out do not win this game if he doesn't make. The pasta breakaway. I mean, mm-hmm. pasta buries that, and the game is over. It's yeah. the second game in a row where Bar- where Bobrovsky has made a $10 million save. Yeah. Yeah. That was not the game. That was not a game where you're like, oh, five goals on, and it was like 20-something shots. Like, and and you're like, oh, fucking Bob. Like, no, Bruins had an expected G- XG of 4.02 tonight on, on a just over 20 shots. Like that's a really tough game. Like, cause basically everything is quality. That's a really tough game. And the fact that he only gave up five on a four XG, like that's a good game. I'm sorry. I I can't call it good, but I mean, he was better than all Mark. So there you go. That's all you really need. Yeah. Alex generally give up more goals than you're expected is not good. I understand (laughs) that. But what I'm saying when your XG is a, all right, it was 34 shots. So it's I thought it was I I, I didn't think the Bruins got above 25, but I guess they had 34. Okay. A little bit less, but either way, like there were no bad goals. I'm fine with Bob's game. But I mean that that's like but that's been his like his entire tenure here though, like this exact game. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's maddening because you see how good he can be. And like and, and as great as Alex Line was, like, I'm not sure they win either of these last two games if it's not Bob. Like I know it's it's easy to say that, but the decision to go to Bob, in my opinion, uh, has has paid off for them. Not that Line yeah. was the reason they were down in the series at the time. I don't think he was, but I mean, <laughs> I, I can't believe we're sitting here talking about a game seven. Like, and, and for shocked. me, like regardless not... of what happens Sunday, love it, love it. Unless they just lay an absolute egg. Like I'm not sure. Like if they if they lose, I'll be upset. But like. 
how can I be mad at this team for clawing back against the best team ever and forcing a game seven in the fashion they have? Yeah. Like, you can't you can't ask for much more. Like besides winning, obviously. I don't I don't know if we ever actually did series predictions when we had Matt Porter on before the series, but I was ready to say Panthers in seven when we had Matt Porter on. <laughs> I mean, I had Heat in five and Panthers in five, so at least I got one of them right. Yeah, I had I had Bruins in six. So did I. That was my. I, prediction. I had yeah, I had like I had two different predictions. I had a head prediction and a heart prediction. My head said Bruins in six. My heart said Panthers in seven. For for entertainment purposes only, my heart has done a nice job picking these last couple games. <laughs> yeah, for entertainment purposes only, of course. <laughs> And I will say, I just want to call back uh, the Game 6 recap episode when I started talking about my unearned confidence that we were going to see 7. You guys have a knack for that, by the way. What, unearned confidence? <laughs> well, no, no like, the, the the reverse jinxes, the, the, it just, they have spot on. It's it's kind of wild. I, I, I threw off a tweet before Game 2 that was like, Bergeron's not playing, Bennett is playing. Hammer Bruins money line. I'll just say that. You did. Yeah, you got hammered for that tweet. Rightly so. Although it is very funny to me that the Bruins have not won a game with Bergeron back in the lineup. <laughs> it's really Why are the Bruins better without Patrice Bergeron? My, My column. column. <laughs> that, My that, podcast. That That's almost like Toronto sitting uh, bunting, af- bunting after his suspension's there? over. Even though they were just absolutely bull, like bull rushed the prize you games just happened to win. God, but like, I'm hey, we so don't need bunting Tampa in the lineup. That game, that series in oh. seven. I, I don't want to spend much time on that, but the fact that Toronto is, I think, zero and fourteen in their last in their last clinching scenario games, like that's an amazing record. It may not be zero and fourteen, but it's definitely close. I mean, by the Keith, way, Keith and Dubas are out if they lose, like. I think Dubas is. I think Dubas is good, just going to leave. Like he's, they can offer him a contract, and he's probably just going to leave if they lose. And, and another team would hire him right away. Right, right away. Right. I think the Penguins would be like, okay, where do we bring Hi, the come big, on down. Yeah, where do we bring the truck, Kyle? If you guys are Jim Montgomery, like, do you give any thought to Swayman in Game Seven or nope, is it absolutely not. Can't you can't? Because I, I have a good friend from college who I texted him. I go. Swayman in Game Seven, and his response was, "Better be." They can't do it. It, it won't be. You, it won't you... be. But I mean, look, the guy, the guy has not played this poorly the entire season, and he picked a hell of a time. Yeah, to give it up ten two goals games in, two in a row, two. But you are the reigning President's Trophy winner, the number one team in regular season history. Switching goalies going into Game Seven is showing that you are panicking. Yeah, it you cannot show you are panicking, especially when a Matthew Kachuk's on the other side because you know he is going to be chirping the entire game, getting into your head that you switched goalies going into a Game Seven. Like the mental aspect of it matters in a in a playoff series. You cannot switch your goalie at this point. Yeah, no. I if if we see Swayman. In Game Seven, I I will shout from the top of the from from the top of the tallest mountain I can find in in Fort Lauderdale. Not going to be Panthers very tall. In seven. Not going to be very no, tall. It's, it's not. It <laughs> might just be our. It might just be our balcony. TJ. It might it's be. Um, Trash more. <laughs> um, if if we see Swayman in the starters net on Sunday, I will put money down on the Panthers. I might do it anyway, but that's a different story. I, I right. <laughs> Entertainment purposes only for for my situation. Right, right, right. Uh, I I don't think they'll. I think you stick with Allmark there also. But like, I'm just wondering if the thought even like crosses their mind. Now they're not putting them in a great spot either because the same turnover issues they had uh, last game and in game two showed up again. And like I was talking to somebody earlier today, like the idea that they won two out of three in Boston already, they were down three two coming back home is was wild. Like if I tell you before the series, yeah. They're going to win two of the first three in Boston. You're going to say, all right, this series is yeah, over. Panthers in six, and five or six, yeah. yeah. That's, I, think that, I, I think what made games three and four so disappointing is not that, like, you can't go into this series, like, realistically expecting to 
win the series against them. But like after game two, you, you're feeling good. You come back home. Okay, you lay the egg in game three, but like game four, you bounce back and they got off to a great start. But then it just kind of snowballed after that. And like every, they would give you, they gave us a couple of false hope goals. <laughs> and like they do, they love doing that. And I was a little nervous that the last game was a false hope win. And so I'm glad they, you know, like, cause th- their start was pretty good tonight too. I thought. Oh yeah. It was great. It was the best period of the series. Yeah. Like the, Boston had a, had a like spurts, like minute long spurts, especially obviously the start of the third, but they had one in the second also before the Panthers kind of clamped down there before they took the penalty. Like I, the Panthers, I thought outplayed them again tonight. Like they're all the, the Panthers gave up three power play goals and a shorthand goal. Like the special teams is just, it's been brutal. And that's the only reason why this game was any close. And like, it's so easy to say, stay out of the box, but like, that's really what this comes down to. Like they are, they can play with Boston. They can clearly beat Boston. If they stay five on five, I I will tweet out before the game on Sunday uh, the Herb Brooks speech miracle. <laughs> Two power play goals in the same game, and that just like gets totally buried in the rest of this. They scored and now three games goals. in a row. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, that narrative. Thank God it's done. Like I'm, I'm so over the the narrative. And like yeah. that that was the other thing that kind of bothered me. And I'm not trying to take shots at, at this fan base at all, but like everybody. <laughs> Why TJ does it all the time. So do we. I get it. Look, everybody who wanted Brunette fired, I saw tweeting that they wish they would have kept Brunette. And, like, the inconsistency to me there just drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Um, But, hey, look, we can – he's got a good gig for himself there in New Jersey. Looks like Mm -hmm. they've turned it on. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That was something else last night. They they just stomped on their throats. For those first, those first two games, they looked like the Panthers in the playoffs. Last yeah, time. so bad. I'm not gonna lie; and I did not notice that the Devils shut out the Rangers last night. Yeah, yeah. it is. What happens when you play Schmid. your best goalie? <laughs> Akira Remember Schmid, when yeah. I tweeted that about a month ago? I was like, yeah, "Why? Why? Why? Why are they sending down their best goalie?" And lo and behold, they put Akira Schmidt in, and uh, now they're winning. Yeah, those two games at MSG, I thought Schmidt won them, but Game Five. It was there was not a moment in that game that the Rangers were the better team, not a single moment. And, Igor's, not even play, and Igor's playing really well. He too. played very well in that game. Absolutely agree. Uh, so Bruno did oh! did a very good job there. Marshman just beat the buzzer on a breakaway by point two seconds. What a goat! We they, missed him they, a lot this year. They waved yeah. it off and yeah, he beat did. it by 0. 0.2 seconds Oof. to put it three Speaking nothing going unexpected into the third. shutouts. Way to go, Marchie. Um his playoff celebrations and uh the facial expressions are top notch. And we just got two great ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, remember after the empty net goal last year? I think it was against Vegas. They they just zoomed in on him and he was just having such a visceral reaction that it was it was unbelievable. Exactly. He's got a, he just did it. He just did it after a, the goal. That's the Marchman face. He needs he to does. give acting lessons because he doing does. that doing that on command is like pretty impressive. Like he's, top he's five most a, beautiful eyes in the NHL. Oh yeah. Be careful because you may get lost in the You time. may Seriously. you may drown. You may need to yeah. call a lifeguard. <laughs> okay. And hopefully the lifeguard is missing more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, fellas, we as love the this person editing Robertson, this episode, though. I do feel like we're we're running pretty long. I don't want to give myself too much work here. So, uh, so Josh, who's your rambling. favorite starter Pokemon of all time? <laughs> Jeez, you know it's funny. Uh, Please don't I used say to play Charizard. It. No, I used to play it all the time, but I have like no recollection of who or what like i had i had a, i collected the cards i had everything the game boy advance i had every single color but i, I just don't know that it's always safe to say i like mudkips mm. what's <laughs> what's the meme what's the who's that pokemon meme uh, uh jigglypuff from above it's pikachu Clefairy or whatever the, the yeah, it's pikachu clefairy <laughs> fuck <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I was gonna say you could you could edit out my long rambling defense of Paul Maurice that went on for like no, ninety no. seconds. No, I, we've, we've done we've done similar things on this podcast. I at least I have. And also, today is a day where I will allow the defense of Paul Maurice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, they they scored I mean, seven goals against the Boston Bruins, who set the record. Is he getting kind of vindicated for what happened in Winnipeg and what Rabonis was saying? After the, the Winnipeg stuff was always overblown. Not I mean, yet. Because yeah. I'm sure he had a little bit of a, like I was reading, uh, I forget the writer in The Athletic, but he was saying like some of the seeds of this were planted while Maurice was still here. And yeah, some I of read the issues that. No, with, it's like they keep blaming him. That felt like a reach to me. Yeah. Um, it's clear that the, the room is the issue there. Yes. And just yeah, the, the guys in the room are the issue. It didn't matter who their coach was. Yeah, like, I... I... I would say that it's, you know, you can't necessarily say, well, any coach would have these issues, but you can definitely say any coach would be able to improve upon what Maurice did, because that's pretty much what bonus did this year. That was pretty much what we were seeing from Maurice in past years. And Hellebuck was really the reason that they made the playoffs to begin with. That's not really a strong team. So many of their important pieces only have a year left, if that. Yeah, and are old. I mean, but if you're them, you just blow it up at this point, anyways. Because like, yeah, you oh, see for what sure. your, your ceiling is like. It's Mark like Shifley, it. Mark Shifley at the trade deadline next season. Oh, Connor Hellebuck at the trade deadline next season. <laughs> oh, at the draft. If they're smart, they're doing it at the draft. They should do it at the draft. True. I mean, Nino Niederreiter at the trade deadline next season. PLD's not resigning there, right? No, he's no, going he's to going, Montreal. Yeah, he's going to Montreal he's for RFA the Panthers with arbitration first rights, draft. One hundred percent. He's. I can. Pierre Luc Dubois is one hundred percent the kind of player who will sit out the season if he doesn't get. What I he think wants. they're gonna they're gonna fly a blimp above his house that says we plan on signing PLD as a UFA, and he'll be like, "Sounds good." I'll I'll put my mark on it now. Pierre Luc Dubois for the Panthers' first round pick is happening. Like I, that trade right I disagree. Pat. I disagree. I think that he's going to go as a UFA. Why? Because I think he's going to go as a UFA. No, the why is to Alex. Oh. Yeah. I, I, In I, what I, world are we trading a first for PLD? Not our, no, not Montreal. The one, the Montreal has our first. Oh. oh. I see okay. what you did there. I thought I thought you were saying like the next first round pick no, 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 we no. have. No, the Montreal. For, yeah, the the Panthers first Montreal has. Like 100% put it in pen. So that way they get him this year and can get him yeah. in on the eight-year deal. Like, put it in pen. It's happening. Final thoughts, guys? Cats in seven. All right. I I'll love you, my... Mason Marchment. Well, Josh, you're the guest. You get to go last. I'll, I'll have two real quick. I can't wait to just calmly watch that Toronto game, Toronto-Tampa game tomorrow, and just see how nervous the, the, the Maple Leafs play. Um, and also, since we haven't really talked about it, Let's give the third line some flowers. Lundell, last year, he was unplayable in the playoffs. And this year, he did not have his best season. But he has been very good in these playoffs. This I tweeted it out at Josh Appel for anybody listening. That third period, to me, was his best period as a yeah, yeah. Like, fought, like he, he had a couple oh, yeah. of assists, but like he was doing everything right. And Etu has been such a good player for them this season. Like, mm-hmm. his development... Like he was a wasn't he just like a throw in player in that yep. in, in the Trochek trade in the, in the Trochek trade and to see what he's developed into like I mean really good stuff at him and I thought Reinhardt had a really strong game too that line like they've been trying to find that to like recreate that third line that they had last year all season and it seems like yeah. they're finally starting to gel a bit like if Lundell's going to give them that kind of performance like they've got a shot they really do yeah. Reinhardt's Selly on the ENG was beautiful where he just kind of like. It, it wasn't it wasn't anything super complex complex or showy, but it felt so good for the moment. I'm gonna go back to what uh, Alex also said. Also, the real funniest quick. empty net goal I've ever seen. It was great. I want to go back to what Alex said real quick about Toronto Tampa Game Six. I'm personally rooting for Tampa to go 0 and 3 on home ice. That's no. got to be at least a fraction as funny as Toronto. No, doing it. fuck no. no. 
Nope. No. I can't you guys. I can't get you guys to say you're at least no. a little bit rooting for Tampa no. to lose, even no, a little. No, I'm not. You guys I'm are not. such terrible. The for combination the of the you're off the podcast. Making, no. You're off the, the podcast. I'm this sorry. This is my show. This is my show, not yours. You guys are. You're not even Florida Panthers fans. You're rooting for the Tampa Bay Lightning. You're canceled. Okay, it's twofold. It's twofold. The the continuation of Toronto not winning a first round series, and two. I want to play Tampa. I want the Panthers to go through Tampa. They're not going to do it Listen, this year, though. Tampa will beat them. I I cannot believe that we are not – like, the math for me changed when the Panthers won in the first round last year because for me it was like, all right, Toronto can't win and leave the Panthers with the longest first-round winless streak. Now that's out the window. I I cannot tell you how much I will would love to see on home ice – Tampa going out in the first round and being the team that Toronto finally ends their Thank streak you. against. Like the, the, the misery. The All right, mis- when you put it that say, way. <laughs> like, come on. Like, how do you not root for that? Yeah. I like, guess when you put it that way, it would yeah. be funny for Tampa to be the team that Toronto ends and their streak against. Hear me out on one thing, too. If it happens in game seven, it becomes about Toronto triumphantly overcoming their game seven thing way less satisfying. If if they beat beat Tampa, if they beat Tampa three times in a row in Tampa, Tampa goes 0-3 in Tampa in the playoffs, then it becomes about Tampa choking. No one will be talking about that. We can talk about it. And Tampa would have been eliminated before the Panthers. Yes. I mean, there are so many layers. That's a good angle, too. (laughs) I mean, come on. Ooh, the Panthers surviving I, I, longer I, I, than Tampa is a I, really I, good angle. I can't disagree more with it. That, that, mm. That's like wanting the, I don't give a shit about the Leafs. That's the thing, though. I just don't care. I hate the Lightning. I, I find the uh, – this is going to sound odd, but, like, I find the Leafs to be very likable. Like, I love Marner. I had William Nylander on, the, uh, on our fantasy team this year. We ended up trading him later on. But we Best had him on American our fantasy team. player in the league. Uh, Jack Matthews. Hughes? I love Marner. Matthew Kachuk? Mm-mm. We all had different answers. Alex is really the right Matthews. one for this podcast. It's Austin Matthews. Austin, if you're mm. listening, I think you're the best American player. Listening. Please remember <laughs> that you are a free agent in a year. And Matthew Kachuk is on the Florida Panthers, and you can play with him if you sign with the Florida Panthers. Just saying. Uh, an American discount. Yeah, please. Do you really want to live in Canada, or do you want to live in Miami? <laughs> now, I know the team I mean, doesn't play in Miami, but you can live no, in he'll, Miami. He'll live in, he'll live in Fort Lauderdale. He can live in Miami though. Like Miami's got all the fashion stuff. <laughs> all right, we're dragging on. He now, can guys. replace you as my roommate. <laughs> I'm fine with it. If he plays for the Panthers, that's fine. Oh, oh, my final thought. Here, I'll give you my final thought. Oh, right. We're doing final thoughts. To to quote Goldie, Zach Dalpy, get up here and let me give you a hug. I will absolutely hug Zach Dalby if I see him. Josh, where are they rating us five stars? Uh, on I uh, Apple Podcast, right? Sure. No, boring. Sure. <laughs> you don't get the show. <laughs> I don't get the show. <laughs> Alex listens to the be- or Josh listens to the beginning of the show. I'll be honest. The end. I'll be honest. Full disclosure: I get to like the three or four minute part left in the pod, <laughs> and then you guys go, "Oh, check it with the Charlotte Checkers," and I'm like, "Click." <laughs> What happened with the checkers? Let's do it. Really. They lost five to two. We're not anyway, let's it. check in with the Charlotte checkers. It's over. All right. Um, rate us. Rate us five stars on Rent Cafe, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys for Game Seven. We'll be back here for seven. <laughs>